All right, welcome to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Uh, going down a little football, football treasure trail, I think, is where we're going to take it here this fall. Uh, just because I know people have similar schedules to myself, so uh, that way I can connect with people. Um, it's just, you know. Like we touched on last week, tough to navigate this crazy world at this time of, of life. But uh, joining me today, um, third time on the pod, making another guest appearance. One of one of uh, 820 college football defensive coordinators in America, Mr. Matthew John Wood. What's happening, brother? What's happening, baby? How you doing? Uh I'm, I'm elite. I'm, I'm doing elite. Uh, as our boy PJ would say, uh, no dude, I'm doing it's, uh, we just wrapped up week two. We're heading into scrimmage week. We're ready to rock. I'm juiced up. You just started week one. Yeah. So, uh, let's just start there. I mean, people, I mean, if you don't know Matthew, uh, Matthew, one of my best friends and, uh, we got close to the game of football and here we are still, still living the grind. And Matthew is now the co-defensive coordinator at Hamlin in St. Paul. Um, but you just had report week, uh, report day was what Wednesday. Everybody showed up yeah. to campus. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody showed up. That was awesome. Um, you know, I think that's the, that's the unique thing about, division three football, right. Is that, um, that a lot of people probably don't know you and I probably know it, but, but is that you really got to recruit these dudes till they show up. So, right. um, the recruiting cycle for us is actually kind of crazy. We, I mean, we're, we're already recruiting 2024s. We're heavy on those guys, but, um, all those guys that commit, you know, those guys that commit from November to, you know, February, March, whenever that is, um, uh, for, for a D three school, um, you know, you really got to keep recruiting those guys till they show up because they don't get uh, an athletic scholarship. They don't get anything special. You know, it's it's really they fall in love with either the education, coaching staff, location, school, right? You name it. So I think that's one of the difficulties uh, about Division three football as a whole that a lot of divisions maybe don't necessarily have to worry about. Um, you know, that, that we have to do as well. So, uh, no, everyone showed up. That was super awesome. Um, you know, got, got everyone in, got everyone's medical forms rolling. Um, you'd be surprised at how much overlap there is for that between you guys at your school and ours. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? but, uh, no, it's, it's been going well. Uh, we're, we're now on to, I think, uh, practice four here and, um, it's been a blast. It's been a blast so far. Good group of dudes coming in. I know um, you have one for sure. Um, Going to be a pretty big impact player for you. I uh, I didn't necessarily know who he was, but uh, mm. a local kid to me uh, coming up from Basha to yeah. to be the to be at, with the pipes. Uh, <clears throat> so and you you know you, I think we've kind of touched on it how crazy it is, especially um, for kids here to be recruited by schools back home. Mm. It's just so mm. wild to me. And I've uh, touched on it. How, you know, at first it was, it was a little upsetting, but then we had a talk and it's and now that I'm coaching here, I see it. Um, mm. People here literally do like about anything financially to get their kids to play college mm. sports. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of kids back home, although they could, they just kind of like fall into the trap, maybe of going back to work on the farm or whatever. And, mm -hmm. Like we've had some conversations, you know, they might also know like the history of, of these schools. And it's like, well, you're not going to go there and play college football because it costs $50,000 a year or whatever. Right. So right. Um, <clears throat> what's that like for you? I mean, we kind of touched on it before, but what's that yeah. like for you to, to recruit some of these out of Minnesota kids and build those connections? I know you spent yeah. some time in Utah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I mean, honestly, what it's, it's one of my favorite things to do just because it kind of pairs with something that I already enjoy, which is traveling. So, um, I think maybe I feed, feed into it a little bit more than maybe some, some other schools do, but, right. um, right. yeah, no, I, I think, um, 
it's it's all about building relationships. You know, I think that part's super important. Um, I mean, I know I've gotten guys from distance to come here to Hamlin. Um, and, and a big part of that was, you know, the relationships, right. Building those relationships with the players. Um, I think that part's really, really important as well. Um, just staying consistent with communication, things like that the part's really hard right now. Cause I'm getting up at 5.00 AM and, uh, you know, I'm, I literally, <laughs> literally was just wrapping up my day at, at the time when we were recording this here, um, you know, super late into the night. So, um, that part's really hard during camp, but, you know, I think one of the most important things that, um, you know, myself and, and another coach, my co-defense coordinator that we do as we recruit from distance and, and our offensive line coach, now I think about it, um, is, you know, we, we stress about getting out and getting out and meeting these guys. Um, right. so making sure, Hey, you know, showing up saying, Hey, I, I am a real person, right. I've been, I've been hitting yep. you up. You, you can Google me, you can look me up on Twitter, whatever it is. But, um, I know for a fact it's made an impact that I met some of these dudes at camp. Um, I went and watched them at practice while I was out there. Um, you know, all those different types of things. So I think that's really important in terms of the relationship building process um, because, you know, being able to physically see someone, see their, their mannerisms, um, see how they interact. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't even know if I told you this story. I actually went to a practice um, and the coaches were like, hey, yeah, like if you got something, you know, make sure you say, say something to these sure. guys. And I was like, hell yeah. So I was over on the scout team. I was coaching up the scout team. I was, you know, I was running around. I was coaching up the safeties. Um, you know, these these little freshmen that, you know, had no idea what was going on. Um, and uh, that was an absolute blast. And, yeah. you know, there's one kid actually. I, and, and that's the other thing, too, going out there. Um, you know, I, I actually got to discover guys that, like, don't have social media, that don't. Uh, aren't doing a ton of stuff and um, you know that hey I'm not getting looked at at all or I you know was injured last year and they have no tape and it was a guy that I right. knew was on roster but didn't really know and I got to see him live and I'm like damn like we got to get this guy like we got to go recruit this guy hard um, so I think there's there's so much value uh, just, just in terms of, you know, making yourself available, taking time, things like that. Um, you know, and, and for me, myself, you know, I'm, I'm in more of a unique role just, just for where I'm at in my situation. And I, I really invested in, in myself and in, in my future, you know, um, you know, all, all that came out of my pocket. So I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to do whatever I can to help us, um, get better as a program, but also, you know, things like that help me develop, right? Like, right. Hey, I'm going building relationships with those high school coaches so that no matter where I go, Hey, I'm going to be able to reach out to these guys. Um, and even some of the guys are like, Hey, yeah, let's talk ball. Let's do this. Um, I actually been, I actually met a head coach. His grandpa went to Hamlin. Isn't that crazy? Like, and that's in Salt Lake city, Utah. Like what in the world are we doing, man? Like it was just, it was awesome. Like he, sweet. when I had reached out to him, he was like Hamlin. And then when I saw him, he was like, Hey, yeah, I was thinking about that. And my grandma actually, or my grandpa actually played. He, yeah, he played at Hamlin. He, he played football at Hamlin University in the 60s. Like, it was just, it's such a small world, dude. So, oh. um, like, it's crazy. So, I think that's that's one of my favorite parts about doing it is getting to meet different people, be a part of different cultures, um, you know, and and then kind of getting to explain and explore our, you know, Minnesota culture to them, right? right. Um, you know, a lake to the guys in Arizona, you know, hey, that's, you know, there's not a ton of those, right? So I think Correct. that's part of cool. Um, and our, our guy, our guy from Arizona, or, you know, one of our guys from Arizona, the, the, one of the freshmen here, you know, he, he's been wearing a hoodie up here, Bennett. He's been, he's been wearing a hoodie every day. Like so well also I see how the kids dress every day and it's not surprising. I mean they dress like, like absolute clowns. It blows my mind. It's like is it not 110 out today or is that just me? Yeah, right? Like yeah, I'm out here having exactly. a heat stroke. No, it's exactly. fine. I think it is uh <clears throat> once you get out and about and it's not just in football, but it's just the lens that we see it through. And I don't think it's anything that I've really made public, but um yeah, it is an extremely small world, and I don't even know if I've told you this yet, but Coach Stangler, um, my head coach here at Willow, he is originally from Owatonna, 
his family mm-hmm. moved out here and mm-hmm. uh they uh so his family moved out here and then when with like we were going through the summer stuff he's like yeah i'm actually going to be in fairmont and i was like that's weird uh but they're having a, a family <laughs> reunion and so then he's home and it was a time that ton and i were home mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. He was texting me and we kind of put, put it together and figured it out. And, and, uh, I confirmed it with my uncle, uh, his cousin went to prom senior prom with my uncle. Wow. Yeah. So that's, wow. that's wild. Right. I mean, like it is just a, it is just a small world and here we are out here in, in the desert. So, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. A lot of his family obviously knew, my dad, my uncle, my grandpa and grandma, and like, you know, they just knew about my family and my dad's restaurant. And so it just kind of crazy how it all, how it all right. comes together. But, um, and it gives you a good bonding point. Right. I think like, uh, you know, especially for myself being a new guy on staff, right. Uh, it just, it helped open the door a little quicker and we've got an incredible staff. I've touched on it before, but, uh, yeah. One thing I did want to talk about too is yeah. how in your eyes, I mean, I'll say from my perspective, I think Arizona and some other states do a really good job with things on getting their kids recruited as mm. well. Like I've touched yeah. about on the showcases and stuff. Yeah. And the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is there's five places for kids to play college football in the state of Arizona. And yes. two of them are in the big, big 12 now. Yeah, in the in the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah. One of them is a FCS school or FBS school. Yeah, FCS. Yep. I was right the first time in NAU up in Flag, and then the other two are NAI schools. So, mm-hmm. especially here, you have the fifth largest metro in America, fourth largest metro in America now, whatever it is, and you have five places for your kids to yep. go play high school yep. football. So, I mean, it makes sense. And then, like the showcases, um, I remember. Uh, we were at the one, the big one out in Mesa, and mm. Bethel was came over and recruited a couple, mm-hmm. or was looking at a couple of our guys. Yeah, and I just walked up to him and I said, "Hey, how's the Royals looking this year?" Yeah, and he's like, "How do you know Bethel?" And I said, <laughs> "I'm from Fairmont, Minnesota." He's like, "Go Cardinals!" Do you play for Coach Mahoney? I was like, "Yeah, I yep. did." You know, like small world, whatever. And uh, but it's just it's so crazy for me to be out here and see all those schools and. Obviously, this is Greeny's territory, and he came mm-hmm. out to the um, showcase that we host um, in the West, in the East, or sorry, the West Valley. And uh, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, cool to see all those Minnesota schools, you know, represented yeah. out there. And we got a lot of guys. I mean, there we have a couple guys up at Crown right now, and hopefully mm. we can build the Willow to Hamlin pipeline. Let's but, go. uh, I mean, it's just pipeline, baby. It's just nuts to see it, man. And so, yeah, I guess from your eyes, your perspective, what do you think? uh, Do you think that places in Minnesota could benefit from a showcase like that? Do you think that that would be beneficial, or do do you think that it's kind of? I mean, I I don't know. Do you think it's beneficial or no? Yeah. No, honestly, that's a really good question. and I think the variables there are relate. It's related to like the saturation of college programs, right? right. Like Arizona State can't put on twenty five camps to have right. all these kids show up. Right. That's why they host sevens. And right. Like I mean, it's not to cut you off, but. Kenny Dillingham, who's just a couple years older than us, who's now the head coach at Arizona mm-hmm. State, mm-hmm. he uh, he said, you know, at one of the sevens nights, he was like, this is technically considered a camp. So for it to be considered a camp, we have to teach you a skill. And Coach Iguano, who used to be the head, he was the interim head coach at ASU last year when uh, Herm got fired, but he was head coach down at Chandler before mm-hmm. that. Uh, he taught the kids how to hold a football. But that's uh, <laughs> there's your NCAA you rules. Mean, you know what I mean? mean like, skill, baby. It's just, I mean, it's just funny. Skill. It's like, hey, but that's how they get in touch with the best kids in the state. I mean, they have a big man yeah. competition inside and and then right. they do all the seven stuff and that's how they get their eyes on everybody. So, yeah, 
yeah, you got to be creative. And you're you're right. You're creative. You're right. It's a very saturated market back home. Yeah, for colleges yeah. Yeah. here, it's saturated market with high school kids. Right. Well, and and that's and that's a crazy thing, Bennett. Is just literally like you think about how many college football programs there are in the state of Minnesota. Right. Um, I mean, you're you're in the heavy double digits. I mean, the Mayak alone, that's that's 10 schools. That's not even the only D3 conference in Minnesota. Right. That has that has teams in Minnesota. Um, you know, then we've got um all of our D2 programs, we've got all the the D1 programs, and then we've got um the junior colleges. So like all of those schools, but I mean, the big schools obviously host camps and host multiple camps. Yep. And then we also have the WIAC right next door. Those schools are hosting camps. We've got, um, you know, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, USD, um, UND up in Grand Fork. Like those guys are all hosting camps like every weekend of the whole summer. Um, so these dudes are trying to go all over the place. And that's, and that's the only thing that is interesting about out here is, um, you know, the, the scholarship game or the, the PWO game to, um, you know, D2, uh, things like that. Like those guys lean on that. Like I lost a couple of guys last year to, um, you know, a program where a kid got, I think $250 scholarship somewhere. And I was just like, man, like, I don't 250 know bucks, to... right? Like, isn't that crazy to yeah. think about? I, w- I was just like, listen, like I was asking him, I was like, or like one example, I was just like, Hey, like, do you really want to live here? Like that, the middle of nowhere there, like there right? and your opportunities like career wise. Cause guess what? Like you're not, you're, I mean, more than likely you're probably not going to the NFL at that school. Like, okay. Right. So you're going to have to get a degree or, 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 you know, pursue something after football. Right. right. You don't have to get a degree. It's fine. But like, you know, you gotta, you're going to have to prepare for life after football. Right. And is you being in the middle of nowhere going to set you up for success for some? Absolutely. For others, maybe not. Right. So I think that was one of the ones where I was like, wow, like I really, I really lost out on $250 scholarship. Right. And it's one of those deals where it's like, Hey, you got to understand what the right fit is for that guy. And then if that's the right fit, that's the right fit. If, if right. the financial thing is it, then the financial thing is it. And I get that. Um, so it, it's just interesting, man. Like just the different things that, you know, um, some of those things have to battle through. But I think the other unique thing on the camp circuit is um, prep red zone is a big thing up here. Yeah. So they're always throwing stuff on and it's not, it's not really a showcase type thing it's kind of a hybrid between like a competition and they get evaluated by the staff there. Right. Uh, and you know, things like that. I've gone and coached a few of those, those camps as well. It's been fun. It's been good to see some of those dudes, um, you know, things like that. It's just not, it's not at the level. And and I think the, the unique thing about that is none of these guys understand what those showcases look like. You know, those showcases are huge. Um, yeah. Like ours so, you're like, talking yeah, that's what I'm saying is like you yeah. guys have multiple fields, right? Yeah, we on and multiple teams. I guess you could probably explain like how many practice sheer number of practices you everyone is doing all all at once there. Yeah, so <clears throat> at the one we host, um, which we we usually have it, I guess, at, at the high school, um, but we were getting our new turf field in, so we mm-hmm. didn't, and they actually built a new spot and surprise. Um, so it actually worked out. We're going to continue to host it out there. It's kind of right. like a soccer field complex, but anyways, yeah, 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 that's we're right. A, that's right. We're able to have two sessions, and um, we had at ours, I believe we had um, ten teams each session. So we had mm-hmm. twenty. I mean, there's a total over the course of four-ish hours. You have twenty teams practicing and you literally you just go in you run your practice and it's just you take your practice on the road on a showcase right like that's literally it and coaches walk around and um luckily for our guys like you know staying coached at uh mesa cc when the community college scene was still here so he obviously has like a lot of connections with the with the college coaches um you know, both ways, bounce right. backs plus, you know, sending guys, but um just extremely fortunate for our guys to constantly be getting looks and uh yeah. you know, we were able to pick up a couple offers out of that. Uh right. but then you go to like 
the one at Mesa, they built this massive sports complex out in Mesa. It's a bell bank park and it's actually already under foreclosure. Um, but, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it didn't last long. What? The wow. entire the, the thing claimed bankruptcy or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see. But there is <clears throat> 24 soccer fields out there, plus uh, a, a whole stadium. There's three or four baseball fields, three or four softball fields. I mean, it's absolutely insane. It's way out. I mean, it's by the airport in Mesa. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so at that one, I mean, they split the fields up. There was literally 40 schools and there was two or three sessions. So, I mean, it was, wow. there was so many and it was like all day thing. Uh, that, that is acres. That is acres of. Fields, oh yeah, for sure. Sports complex. Yeah. It's That's bonkers. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, and obviously, you know, like the big dogs are like towards the front. And so the coaches mm-hmm. can walk past, you know, the Suaros, the Chaparrells, right. the Chandlers, right. the Hamiltons. Yep. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just crazy, dude. And I've thought about it, uh, especially like trying to connect with Mahoney and then just using the connections that obviously you have and people that we've met and obviously like yeah. Bones has it. Try to put one on in that South, South Central Minnesota area, you know, bring up a couple that's, of those teams uh, from Iowa. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's what I was going to well. say. That's what I was going to say is if you did an outstate one, like, I think that would be super beneficial. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, there's a lot of kids in outstate Minnesota that have a ton of ability um, yeah. that either like potentially get missed. I mean, shoot, man, like it's easy to miss some of those guys. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, even if I watch all the huddle tape on every single team in my area, like you're going to miss it, dude. Oh, like, for that's, sure. And that's just the way it is, unfortunately. And you got to um, push, you got to push the kids to do stuff too. And Yes, Uh, I'm always big on that. Like, you know, I'll help you as much as I can, but I'm not going to chase you down to do something like if we're trying to get you recruited and you don't want to do it. And it's like, okay, well, then that's how it works. You know, you got to put in the work, too. Not everybody's going to be able to hold your hand, but 100 percent. I mean, yeah, just think about if there was I mean, we both had the opportunity to play college football, but I think something like that. I mean, I don't know how long they've been doing these showcases out here, but I think something like that would have been extremely beneficial when all of us were in high school. I mean, you just go yeah. literally watch practice, but it's also such a different thing. I think in Minnesota, they limit the numbers of practices you can have mm-hmm. I mean, out here. We're, we're super yeah. close to being able to go almost year round. Right. Uh, they just right. announced the AIA announced that we can have padded spring practice next year. That's wild. I mean, it's, 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 it's college football rules. It literally is college football rules. Out here. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. We don't need, I mean, we try to remember. Our, you can put shells on, like, can't you? Yeah. We get, we get to wear shells at times. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like once, once a week type thing. Four total. Um, right. Is that the NCAA yeah, rule? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think that's, that's a, it, you know, and we can't even do like full team or anything like that. So um, that's even, that's your like more division one style. Like, and I think that part's really nice. Like, I know those guys get after it a little bit on scholarship ball. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm juiced up, man. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to see, see it all out here. And um, yeah, I was just, while we were talking, I was just looking up. So we were talking about the oversaturation of kids and it's not just the Metro. I mean, Obviously, Tucson's producing some really good athletes. Right, right now, Tucson has a, a D1. I mean, he's a five-star kid uh, from South Point Catholic. He just committed to U of A. But I right. looked up, so there's 37 kids, three stars and above, ranked on ESPN, and only 11 of them are staying in the state of Arizona. Like, if you literally, if you were U of A or ASU, I mean, if you split those kids however you right. wanted to, like – you get 25 scholarships a year. And so, I mean, realistically, you know, you're at eight, I mean, there's 37, you're at 18 a piece, you know, yeah. that's a good, that's a good spot. If you could keep just kids in state, like, I mean, let's, let's, let's flip that and, and think about like, yo, what, what if Minnesota had 37 kids right on ESPN? Right. Yeah. Like, I think about know. that. Like, and, and I know they don't, but, you know, if Minnesota were to secure the bag on half of those dudes every year, if you were consistently getting 30 kids in your state, right. That were like, Hey, let's stay in this program. I mean, that's over half your recruiting class every year. 
in state that is coming in to compete. Like, I think that would be super wild. So to put that into context, like if you're Arizona state or whatever, and and you're able to keep those guys around, like that's, that's crazy important um, as well. So well, and like on ESPN, there's 11 kids in the state of Minnesota that they deem three stars or above. That's all ESPN ever ranks. Uh, Wow. And PJ is keeping in total. Yeah. PJ's keeping seven of them. I mean, that's pretty good return. Usually they're all gone, but that, uh, Wyatt Gilmore from Rogers, he's going to Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, it's like good. I knew that there's that kid from Irondale. uh, Yeah. He's made a decision yet though, right? Yeah. He committed to Wisconsin. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then a kid going to a D tackle going to UNLV and then a a guard from Woodbury going to Kansas, which, Yep. Nothing. I mean, nothing's nothing, but it, I mean, I would Which say there, I, there is a, there's a, there's a connection. There's a Minnesota connection there um, to Kansas. The, the Yeah. To the Jayhawks, the old Gophs, uh QB coach Zabrowski's at Kansas now. Right. So there you go. There's old, actually uh, Twin Cities. out here, desert edge, which is out uh, like Buckeye, good, good year area kind yeah. of coming, becoming a power in the, yeah. in the, uh, in the, uh, West Valley here, they uh, they have three kids on their roster that have committed to Kansas. Three. Wow. Yeah. That's actually impressive. The Kansas. Yeah. I mean, so, and then I just, I just looked up uh, the one kid that committed to UNLV, the Gophers did not offer. Um, mm. And same with the kid that w- committed to Kansas. So outside, yeah. I mean, they, they really went, uh, they went nine, seven of nine, which yeah. is huge. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's, here's the thing, dude. Like I'll tell you a couple of stories about PJ. Like, okay. So I was, um, I was planning on going and work in this camp at St. Louis. Yeah. Right. So I, and I know a few of the guys on the U of M staff. And so I actually was down in Indiana visiting some family. So I was like, all right, Hey, I'm just going to scoot over um, to St. Louis, work this camp. It was only four hours away. I didn't know it was that close um to Lafayette like okay great so scooted over there um and I was working this camp and I ran into one of the guys I know and I was like hey like because they had a camp the following day back at you so I was like hey are you guys heading back tonight like what are you guys doing and he's like no we're gonna hit up another camp here um and then and then we're heading back tomorrow and I was like Yo, it's like an eight-hour drive. Like, what do you what are you guys doing? Like, you're not gonna make it back for camp. Like, PJ's here. Like, he's right behind me. Like, he was watching me coach a drill that they were recruiting this linebacker. Like, it was wild. Um, and so like PJ watched me coach. Weird. It was wild. Anyway, that's besides the point. He's just like, he looked at me and he just smiled and he's like, You think we're driving? He's like, PJ's here, we're taking the jet. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was- I was like, okay, I get it. Like, do you want to recruit it? That's, that's just different. Like I, I, I had to drive, I had to drive home for the record. I had the eight hour and the eight and a half hour drive. I had to go home. So um, I thought that was really cool. So those dudes are, um, they're getting after it, man. Like, and, and I think that was the cool thing about like going and, and, you know, that's the unique thing that I have, right? Like I get the ability to go on campus and watch these dudes coach and, and run their camps and things like that. Um, and I have so much respect for that guy like for, for PJ, cause that dude is, he's the same all time. And I know you and I've said this and I'm not going to get on a PJ hype train or anything like that. But, um, I think honestly with, with some of those guys, like I could see them not being a fit. It might be, Hey, like, we don't think this guy's going to be a culture fit for us or, or whatever it is. Right. Or, or that kid might've been like, yo, I don't think I can do that. Right. Um, you know, because that dude is hundred miles an hour all the time. His standard is super high. Um, and that, that has changed a lot about like how I handle myself too, even to a certain extent, I think, um, you, you, you kind of got to adapt yourself to a little bit to your kids, right? Like you got to make your players, like you can't just come out and have all these standards and expect perfection at, at, right. at the beginning. But at their, at their program, it's different where they're, you know, they're giving scholarships, they're paying guys to be there, all that type of stuff. But, um, you know, so I, I think just learning from some of those guys and some of the information that they have um, and just watching how they handle their business. Um, it's a super cool opportunity and it's super cool to watch those guys go, um, because even 
uh, and maybe I shouldn't even say this, but at the most recent one that I went to is after that article came out and, um, you know, PJ was, <laughs> can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of like, apparently I'm a terrible coach, you know, but yeah. all you people are here, right? Like there was hundreds of people there. Right. And he, you know, so it was, it was just kind of funny. So he kind of, uh, you know, threw a little joke out there about it because like, I think everybody knows that it's BS, right? hundred um, percent. So I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is just, I've seen those guys hustle. I've seen how hard they recruit. I see how hard they work every single day. Um, and, uh, it's, it's wild. It's bonkers. It's cool to hear the stories from those dudes, um, about all the stuff that they do, um, you know, and, and PJ popping in and saying something, you know, they're working in the office or they're working at 5.00 AM and he pops in is like, Hey, what about that rep in special teams yesterday? Blah, blah, blah. Say something to them about something that they were working on. I was just like, dang, like that is attention to detail. Like this dude is flying around. He's all about it. Um, so I think that's, that's helped me like, okay, like potentially either if, if, when I'm ever a head coach, you know, what am I going to be like? What are the do's and don'ts? Like, what are some of the things that I'm learning from him? Um, just even just by observing, right. 100%. And observing his staff. Right. I think that part's really cool is, um, you know, and, and this is something I brought up to my guys here day one, like you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing um, your teammates, your coaches, your athletic director, your university, your family, like all that stuff. And like that dude is always leading by example. Like his whole everything is just, it's always RTB, um, you know, Sky Yuma, like, let's go, you know, that that's his whole thing, like all the time. So um, it's pretty cool to just have the opportunity to be around it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's uh, it's crazy to see. I love, obviously, I think I've made it well known how I feel about PJ. I love him, and uh, to be able to have been to practices and sit in on those meetings mm-hmm. and stuff uh, through the Minnesota Coach Association is always cool yeah. stuff. But um, just you know, from he is he is exactly who he says he is. And there's two. Um, if you get on Spotify or whatever you listen to, they're probably on everything. But I use Spotify. Uh, if you just type in PJ Fleck, there's two. He was the keynote speaker twice at uh, the AFCA clinic, which is the biggest coaching clinic every year. And um, so he was the keynote speaker twice. Uh, one was uh, going into his first year as the Gophers head coach, I believe. And then one was after the year they'd be like Penn State and finish 10th in mm-hmm. the country. And all this stuff and to hear them kind of side by side, they're very similar. And it's like, this is what he believes in. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's just crazy to watch, you know, how if you have a system and you follow a system, your success is going to come. And it's, it's the same in everything, right? Like if whatever you want to do, if you just dedicate yourself to said system, yeah. um, To said, uh, whatever you know whatever but as long as you believe in it and you buy into it you're gonna right. be successful right so right yeah. right it's, uh, it's just crazy to see how other people operate and get that glimpse and uh we yeah. always we always do add things for the hey when you know we're a head coach or in my case head coach again put this right. in the do not or the do yeah file. uh <laughs> so it's always a fun one oh, thing man. when we call each other i, I oh I man kick out of yeah you i mean you you and i've had too many of those calls and i i can't imagine those are going to end anytime soon um but no i think i think any you know we always i know you're always trying to give out um nugget nuggets of advice but you know for for anyone that's either you know an aspiring coach or aspiring head coach or whatever it is you know i, I one thing i have is um, I have two separate Google documents of, you know, what to do as a coach. Like I have like recruiting, I have, you know, administrative, like I have all these different categories. Um, and then I'd have the same for what not to do. I have two different documents, what to do, what not to do. So anytime a situation presents itself, um, you know, I always go in there and write it in there. Like, Hey, make sure I do this or make sure I don't do this. Right. You know, so there's, there's always something, um, that you may not think of, or even that, the, you know, the head coach that you're with at the time, maybe doesn't think of, or whatever it is, right? Like, I think it's always important to, you know, either learn from your own mistakes or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, you know, I think, I think that's a super useful tool that I leverage. That's, 
as long as my Gmail works, uh, right. that's, that's never going anywhere. So shout out Google for the free, free access to everything for real. Um, no, one thing I do want to touch on, cause I don't want to take up a ton of time. Um, and we'll probably talk on this next bit here just cause we're both extremely busy humans, but I'm all in, uh, I'm all in. We talked about it on the phone last week and then this week mm-hmm. in, in my team meetings on, uh, let's see, I hosted on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever. Yeah. So in my team meetings on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I talked to the kids about performance anxiety because that's mm-hmm. something that we had talked about. And yeah. I put together a slideshow. Uh, and it's also, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, kids have, kids have memories and they think that, mm. so like in my case, like I've tried, I've changed so much as a coach. So if I coached you and you're listening to this, I feel like I tried to be like a 180 of that guy. Cause it wasn't fun and I was always uptight. And so now I'm trying to be mm. a little more looser and coach instead of just, you know, mm. lose my top sometimes. Uh, so I tried, that was a big thing that we talked about and you can just see it in our kids. Like, you know, like we talked, talked about earlier, like a lot of our kids, my kids right now have a lot of pressure to mm. obtain scholarships because the parents mm. know that they're there. And not only are these showcases a thing, but so are super camps, you know, you got to work one of those where we talked about us. Uh, D3 school in Wisconsin making about $180,000 off of kids coming to camp for a weekend. Right. Um, So, um, but we touched on the performance anxiety and I brought it up to our guys and how I had them kind of overcome it. Um, You know, I mean, offensive meeting um, we did a 10, 10 question quiz and I made, some of the kids that I noticed had been struggling with things, answer the questions in front of everybody. But then I made them, uh, I made them, you know, obviously answer in front, but I made them all put up their hand if they got it right or wrong. And I was like, mm. See, it doesn't matter. And I did one thing to kind of show like it's okay and you're able to move on is I purposely right. put up an answer wrong. Mm. And just so they could so I, I could like, like, that. So like it's no big deal. I one of the questions was what's our splits in uh doubles or right. trips, whatever it was. And I put up instead of twenty-four inches is eighteen. And so um, you know, it's just like it's just something simple. And I was like, Oh, yep. I got five or six on my own quiz, you know, like, right. You, do? you know, like move on, but for them to experience that and kind of understand, I'm just trying to get them to understand, like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay <clears throat> to learn from your mistakes. Um, so I think it's a big thing that people don't talk about it. So I just kind of showed like how I'm trying to, address it inside of my rooms and my meetings. So for you, and especially as you have kids who aren't going home to mom and dad, they're going back to their dorm to nobody. Yeah. Uh, Probably calling mom or dad and mom or dad on their ass from 1500 miles away or whatever. So what's, (laughs) what's those conversations like for you? No, that that's a, that's a fantastic question. Uh, You know, I'm I'm actually glad you brought this up. So we actually just did an exercise the other day where we asked every player on the team to write down their biggest fear. Yeah. And we were like, put your name on there. Don't put your name on there. Whatever it is, just handed it. Okay. Um, you know, and and one of the most common ones was, you know, losing family. Yeah. Like they're, they're nervous of losing, you know, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, whatever it is. Um, which, you know, some, some of their family, you know, not old, you know, and for, for you and I, it'd be like, Hey, like, I, I, I don't think I was ever afraid of losing my parents, but you know, for some of our guys from distance, like that makes sense to me. Like, right. Hey, I shoot, man, I'd be afraid to lose my family if I'm a stage or two away or three or four. Right. Um, so that was a pretty common one. And then uh, probably the most common one was their base fear was failure. 
and um, or failure to reach their potential was was kind of in that same boat. And, you know, I think that really struck a chord just because um, that's something that, you know, we're, we're always trying to you know, just battle through our emotions. Right. And, and as, as men, right. That's a, that's a big stigma for us of, um, you know, having to be very, very tough and not be vulnerable and and all that stuff. And, and I I think there are scenarios where that makes sense. Um, and I think that's the, the vulnerable scenarios are, you know, a lot of times where those deep, meaningful relationships are built. You know, I just think about, um, you and me staying up till 2am that one night, having a little captain and, you know, or whatever. And, um, you know, then the other thing that comes to mind is if you, if you have an opportunity to go listen to only the important stuff, uh, with Jeff Heinrich, him and his buddies, like the first time they all like talked in like, what was it 20 years? Like yeah, his college buds, they play baseball with man. I it was, was deep. Tears. I know like, that was, uh, it was awesome. So, you know, I, I, in, to get back to my point, like these guys are feeling fear and failure. Right. And, yep. and I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just us. I don't, right. I don't think it's just us. I think that's everyone. Right. Like you talk about 100%. these guys, like they've got pressure to go get a scholarship. Listen, I ran the numbers right. on this stuff, like during COVID. Cause I was truly like, how many guys are actually going to play college football? Right. Like I was like, how many people actually get to do it? Um, and I know the number that the NCAA puts out there is like 7%. That is not a real number. That is if every that is this is if every kid left college football today and they replaced them with only incoming freshmen. That's right. that number. That's what right. that means. The real number is only 2.25% of outgoing seniors get to play any level of college football. 2.25%. Right. I think that comes out to about 23,000. Okay. Which is dude. It's such a crazy number. Like when you, when you think of it, like, I mean, okay, I'll put it into perspective. Uh, at Fairmont, when I graduated, there were seven of us that got the opportunity to play college yep. football, which is a, such yep. a high number last yep. year, staying moved on eight kids. And it's like, damn, yep. you know, like, and people don't understand, like, that's yep. huge. Yep. Like if you, like, if you have a roster of a hundred and you did, and you sent two, that's extremely yep. average, right? Like that's, that's yeah. the bar, right? So yep. to send yep. eight or whatever, which is just crazy, but not to take away from yeah. the point, but no, hundred percent. So I think just the sheer amount of pressure that some of these dudes put on themselves is, is crazy just because it's what it's, it's that, Hey, this or nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think the, the way that I always present it is, um, you know, you can't, can't be afraid to fail. Right. Like if, if you're afraid to fail, then, you know, I feel like you, you're not necessarily going to reach that potential that you're really looking for. Um, Because here's the thing, like um, you've got to take a chance. You got to take a shot. Like you've got to, you've got to be willing to strive um, and, you know, be uh, accepting of whether or not you get there. Right. Just knowing, Hey, I put in the effort. I did this, you know, I did the things that were in my control. Like, you know, if you're, if you're a faith bearing person, like you're giving the rest to him um, or, you know, Hey, I I'm only going to control what I can control. Right. Like I think that's the biggest thing. And um, you know, Hey, okay. If it didn't happen now, wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Um, You know, I think that's the biggest thing there is just not being afraid of that failure and just, you know, uh, working to, you know, work through that. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things for me um, that I myself had to get over. Right. I know, I know, you know, this about me, like there's a period in time where, um, you know, you and I, I think we were kind of in the same spot for the most part, but um, I was super stuck, man. Like I, I, I applied for, that's why I kind of laugh when people talk to me about, um, you know, finding or earning opportunities is like, I, I had applied for hundreds of college football coaching gigs hundreds right it was crazy um and then guess what you know none of those opportunities were for me here i am you know four years into my my first opportunity and and i have an opportunity to coordinate a defense right so um you know that stuff usually takes care of itself right Uh, that's that's one of my head coach one of his isms he says you know, you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves, right? So, 
Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is I wasn't afraid to fail. I was going to apply to every job. I was going to email people. I know you and I've talked about this before. Like I freaking emailed PJ, PJ Fleck. I was like, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, find a job, whatever. Um, and you can't, can't be afraid to take a chance. Can't be afraid to take a right. shot. Um, and if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Okay. Doesn't mean your dream's done. Doesn't mean your goal's over with, right? Just means, Hey, the path's going to be different now. Hundred percent. Um, you know, and and that's something you and I have talked about a lot is everyone's path is going to be different. You can't have um, you know, you can't follow someone else's path. You can't sit there and look at someone else and be like, why is my path like that? Right. That's that's something that I was stuck in for a long time. I know you know that. Um, but I was always looking at some of these guys and I'm like, man, like I've I've done more than him, or I've coached more than him, or um, you know, I've I've achieved more than him, whatever it is. And it's just like, you know what? Hey, I gotta, I gotta live my own path. I gotta lead my own path, um, and, and not be afraid to take chances and, and, you know, potentially fail like, right. So, um, and that translates so much to our football players, man, like whether it's, um, you know, finding a job after college to, um, you know, potentially working through a project or even on the field, man, like right. just, Hey, maybe I need to fill this gap quicker. Maybe I need to trust my eyes a little bit more, whatever it is. Like, um, or maybe I need to try to high point this ball a little bit better. Right. Or, Hey, I need to work this cut a little bit more. Like, I think that's the stuff where, um, you know, you, you can't be afraid. Right. And it's, it's a more a fear of, um, not being able to do it. It's, it's not yeah. always a fear of like, um, these guys just taking the action. It's the fear of what happens if I take the action, right? right. That's, that's where the fear is generated from. Right. So that's where that, like, you'd like for you guys, right. The performance, performance anxiety piece, that's where that stems from. It's like, Hey, I don't necessarily know what that outcome is going to be. So I am not going to take this step. Right. hundred um, percent. And guess what? You're not always going to know. You're not always going to know, right? Like I know a lot of people on this pod um, have said like, you just got to take a chance. You got to do it. Well, yeah. guess what? Like that's real. <laughs> it <laughs> okay. is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you're a hundred percent right. Because I always ask like, what's the advice? And that's, mm -hmm. that's the advice. And yep. I'll tell you, that is the advice uh, as somebody who did it. Yeah. Just go do it. Go bet on yep. yourself. As somebody yep. else is sitting across from here, you know, that did it. Like, yeah. I don't know a lot of people that that do it and it doesn't turn out better than they thought. Right. Right. Like literally like it's just, it's, it's a stupid thing. Um, you familiar with the, the knives out movies at all? Uh, no. Oh yes. Yes, I am. Yes. So they're like, yes. kind of like, they're like a little kind of like confusing, almost yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yep. oh, what's the board? Kind of like Clue-esque, you yes. know, like yeah. who killed who yeah. with the whatever. With the detective guy, yeah. Yes. But the last one, the group, the, the guy, yeah. yeah, the guy called his group of friends uh, the Disruptors. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a corny kind of cheesy pun, but I truly mm -hmm. believe that like, and it's something like Tom and I talk about a lot is like the more you disrupt normal like the more you disrupt like your day like you, your days get crazy and shit goes yeah. bad but then it's like all of a sudden like oh this starts to work out oh this starts to change yeah. out and it's like yep the more you can disrupt and whatever it is the bad habits whatever mm -hmm. i truly believe that by just changing yourself or you know sending that one extra email or asking that yeah. person whatever it is like the more you do that, the more stuff pays off. Yeah. So go disrupt. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah, percent. I love that. So, no, I think I think it's super important to you know help understand the people that are around you. Um, yeah. Or if you're a leader, like understand the people that you're leading. Hundred um, percent. They might be going through stuff that you don't even know, right? I think I think that's super important to you know, learn more about the people and, and things like that. And I, I think that's, what's important. Like, I know I've talked about the building relationships piece before, but um, you know, that stuff doesn't end, like, especially for us at the recruiting standpoint, like that thing continues. Um, but so I think just even from that fear aspect, I think that was really, really cool. Um, and we also asked like, Hey, what, it, what define success, right? What is success to you? Yeah. Um, and so for some, it was, Hey, just reaching my potential or whatever it is. Um, and I think 
it's 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 one of those things where it's like you may have an unrealistic expectation for yourself or um you know you're you may think your potential is this but really like you can achieve more than that right like um so i think that's one of those things where uh we were talking about how how to define success just this morning we were actually just talking about it as as a whole team um and we were saying hey if you define success like this stand up um and for me it was like Hey, if you define success as reaching your potential, stand up. I, I stayed sitting down like me and me and another coach were at the front. Um, and I stayed sitting down because I was like, that's not success to me. Success is willing to take every opportunity, every chance, um, you know, kind of just what we talked about. Right. And, and being okay with it. I think that's, that's the ultimate success is, is being able to work through everything. And at the end of the day, being able to live with everything you've done. Um, I think, I think that's the type of stuff that that defines success for sure absolutely well, that's good stuff yeah. brother um you'd never know it but that's a 55 minute podcast just like that check wrap i love it man i love it crazy well, hey. um hey uh before i let you go uh where can everybody keep tabs on the pipes this fall hey yeah absolutely absolutely um uh, for me if you if anyone wants to reach out to me um, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, uh, at Coach M Wood too, or okay, whatever it is, Elon's <laughs> website <laughs> at Coach M Wood too. Um, feel free to shoot me a DM, whatever it is. Um, if you want to connect via phone, um, I'll I'll send you my number there. Um, but just in terms of um, staying in tune, staying in touch with the pipes at Hamlin Football, um, first game September second. Uh, I can't believe it's it's 21 days away when we're recording this and uh, crazy. I'm, I'm super juiced up, man. It's it's going to be a fun, fun, exciting year um, and uh, ex- expect that defense to fly around a little bit, man. It's it's going to be a great time. Absolutely. I'm excited for you. It's going to be good stuff. Roll damn pipes, dog. Roll damn pipes, baby. RDP. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. Love you, my man. Um, Love you, man. Appreciate everybody listening at home. Uh, Hopefully this audio sounds great to everybody. Uh, Please continue to like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. Be good, everybody.